Bill Belichick literally spent five full minutes praising the 2023 Cowboys. And listen, we get it. The Cowboys are pretty good. But can they bounce back at such a critical moment of the season against perhaps the greatest coach of all time? We'll break it down tonight. Here we go. What is up, everyone, and welcome into ADZ Sports Dallas Primetime. I am your host, Mauricio Rodriguez, streaming with you live every Sunday through Thursday night at 8 p.m. Central here on Dallas On Demand Sports Talk Network. With a lot more content coming your way, make sure that you check out adzsports.com slash Dallas. And as always, remember to hit the like button for me because every thumbs up puts this show in front of more and more Cowboys fans. What's up, everyone? It is Wednesday night, and I'm excited. I'm excited about talking about something that's not the Cardinals game. I'm excited about not having to keep watching the old 22 from the Cardinals game. I'm looking forward to Sunday. I just want to see Sunday. It's a home game versus the New England Patriots. Let me tell you, between you and I, this is something personal, but... That is my brother's favorite team, and it's a meaningful game in my household. So it's going to be fun because of all that. But it's also kind of an intriguing matchup. The Cowboys are supposed to be better. Vegas has them as a touchdown favorite at home. But yet, and yet, we're kind of unsure about the game, are we not? Because it's Bill Belichick, and it's still a very legitimate defense that they have over there and not only that we saw the Cowboys bleed versus the Arizona Cardinals last Sunday so now we're entering week four with several questions number one can they really go ahead and fix the run defense from one week to another when they looked lost on Sunday can they keep themselves from shooting themselves in the foot with so many penalties 10 in the first half and on offense, can they keep doing what they're doing in several ways in order to keep getting to the red zone? 15 trips, most in the NFL. But can they punch it in? Because they've been 27th in red zone efficiency. That's what it's all about. And now with the injury report, maybe there are a little bit more questions because Tyler Smith, Tyler Viadish, and Zach Martin, the three linemen, that were missing from the Cowboys' O-line last Sunday, did not practice on Wednesday, which is the first practice of the week. The Marcus Lawrence and CeeDee Lamb were absent from practice for rest. Rest slash not injury-related. So we're a little bit nervous just because we don't know, but it's also not uncommon for veterans to have days off. We'll see what happens tomorrow and as the week progresses. There are some injuries to be in the lookout for. The Patriots are also dealing with some of their own, especially on the defensive line inside. Could be an issue for them versus the Cowboys. So we'll see how that plays out during the week. It's still pretty early. Before we get into this whole thing and before we get into not the full speech because it was literally five minutes long, but before we get into what Bill Belichick had to say about the Cowboys, let me say hi pretty quickly in the chat and ask you this. Is this... Or is this not going to be a close game? Let me know in the chat, yes or no. Close game on Sunday 
versus the New England Patriots that are no longer quarterbacked by Tom Brady, of course. They are quarterbacked by Mac Jones and an offense that has not looked great three weeks into the season. Let me know in the chat, close or not. We've got Toxic Tom in the chat, Gregory as well, SLH, Holly, Katharina on Facebook. Who else do we have here? Peter Rizzo, thank you for joining the show. AJ Russell, who else here? Joey Vela saying, what's up with the 2018 number one first round to the practice squad? Oh, we can talk about that. Billy Price was signed to the Cowboys practice squad. So another center, we can talk about that shortly for sure. But let's see some of your questions here. Toxic says that, not going to lie, Mo, I think that we lose this game. Unfortunately, says AJ, it's going to be a close one. Russell says, close game. Holly says, no. SLH says, yes. It was the field here in Arizona, says Cam. Let's see here. Stevie Max says, I saw people that Belichick didn't, uh, I saw people complaining that Belichick did not mention Dak once during the conference. LOL. I will second that LOL there from Stevie Mac because if someone has praised Dak among rival coaches over the last few years, it's got to be Belichick, one of them, because he, he really has praised Dak in the past quite a lot. So, yeah, some people might take that and run with it, you know, saying that, oh, maybe Bill Belichick absolutely does not like what Dak brings to the table or something like that. People are like that sometimes. But yeah, Bill Belichick went for five full minutes. I'm not going to read the whole thing. Not going to read the, the whole thing, but he obviously praises the coaching staff. He obviously talked good about CD and Brandon, who is a former player of his. He says that they've got a nice offensive line. Some of the ones that were a little bit surprising was that maybe he praised Leighton Van Der Esch, and he talked about how he was a very smart guy on defense. And we've talked about that before, how Banderech really is an important piece of this Cowboys defense that usually goes underrated because even though he is not the super athlete or an elite linebacker, as McCarthy says, uh, as Belichick says, excuse me, really good middle linebacker, real smart guy, runs defense, has a lot of range, a lot of size, really athletic kid, smart kid. He's versatile and does a lot of things for them, plays in the deep part of the field and plays linebacker plays on the edge of the defense, and they do a lot of different things with him. And he's really being low-key, more versatile than we give him credit for. I'm not going to say that I want him on first and 10, containing the edge or anything like that, but he has been placed there. And when it comes to pass protection stuff and pass rush stuff, his alignment alone has gone a long way in opening up one-on-one opportunities for Guys like Demarcus Lawrence and Micah Parsons. So I, it's difficult to balance it, I know, but I want to see how they can get there, how they can use Van Der Esch when it makes more sense to put him at the line of scrimmage versus to have him on the edge on first and 10, second and 10 in obvious running situations. We want to see less of that after the Cardinals game. Looking forward to seeing how the Cowboys respond to that. Uh, he also mentioned Kevontae Turpin and called him the best returner in football. So shout out to Kevontae Turpin. Seems like Belichick is really high on him. Want to see how they punt to him, how they kick to him. And he mentioned, he says, CJ Goodwin's really another leader on special teams. Another one of the Matthew Slater and Deonta Hardy type of guys that are really the flag carriers in the group. 
So some love for C.J. Goodwin, comparing him to Matthew Slater, who is a Patriots special teamer legend. People buy his jerseys. He's been around for a long, long time, and he gets a lot of love from the New England fan base. Believe me, I know <laughs> my brother has always wanted a Matthew Slater jersey. I actually don't remember, don't remember if he has one. That's a good question. But anyways, five minutes of pure praise for the Cowboys. And it made the rounds on the news cycle because Bill Belichick praising your team like that has to matter up to some point. Now, this is not an easy game, guys. I agree with the comments. I agree with some of these comments. It won't be an easy game. But it can be one where the Cowboys kind of remind us what they have on their roster. Because you look at the Cardinals game, and yes, it was disastrous. It had a lot of rough moments. The red zone issues had a lot of reasons to have happened. Some of them were DAC related Some of them were play-calling related. Some of them were C.D. Lamb giving up on routes. Some of them were other stuff. Uh, not a defensive pass interference being picked up even though it was absolutely pass interference, that kind of stuff. But it was a game where the Cowboys moved the ball, where the Cowboys were getting to the red zone, not punching it in, but getting to the red zone. They did, they did excuse me, get destroyed versus the run, especially in the first half, tale of two halves, as Dan Queen called it. So maybe some hope there. And there is no way that you can take all of that and be like, It didn't happen. It would be dumb and naive to do something like that. But it also would be naive to assume that that is the reality of the 2023 Cowboys. They're never going to stop the run, even though they did it in the second half of the same game where the Cardinals were incentivized to run and only run the football. It would be crazy to assume that the Cowboys are going to be a bottom five, bottom 10 red zone team just because that's what we've seen in week three of a new play caller and a new offensive system. I'm not going there yet. I'm definitely not. I'm also not betting on the Cowboys fixing everything and becoming the number one red zone offense again like they were last year. But it's a thing of balance here. And I do believe that when you look at the Cowboys objectively next to the Patriots, they are the better team in many ways. But Belichick, man, Belichick knows a thing or two about football. And he does have the weapons to slow down the Cowboys a little bit defensively. Because he's got Matthew Judon as an edge rusher, still a very good pass rusher, but also pretty good run defender. Pretty good run defender. And man, I know that the Dolphins ran on the on the Patriots pretty well. And I know all that, but I feel like we've seen the Patriots in situations where teams want to run the football, yes or not, on them through the edges. And the Patriots are actually low-key good at setting the edges. And they come up with some pretty strong and timely game plans to stop what the opponent wants to do. So in the way that I see it, and maybe I'm jumping a little bit ahead here on the show, but this should be a player's game. This should be one where... The Cowboys got to enter it knowing that Belichick is going to take away some of the stuff that they like to do the most. But the Cowboys eventually coming out of it saying, okay, good game plan, Patriots, but 
we've got the better team. We've got the better players. Because there's no one that should be able to stop Michael Parsons on that offensive line and the Cowboys' defensive front. They've allowed the eighth highest pressure rate three weeks into the season. And they really have not faced those big-time elite groups. Like, they faced the Dolphins, who have some guys. They faced the Jets, who have a very good defense, but it was also on a weird low-scoring game. They haven't faced a pass rush as good as the Cowboys. Now, of course, just like the Cardinals, the Patriots are going to try to not have to throw the football a whole lot, and they're going to give the Cowboys a headache in that sense. The one thing that the Patriots have not been able to do is to generate explosive plays. Success rate-wise, their offense is pretty decent. 13th in the NFL. That means that they're moving the ball little by little and being an above-average team in that area. EPA per play, though, although they're 13th in success rate, which just measures if it was a positive play or not, EPA does put some weight into how big of a play it was they dropped down to 23rd, and that is very clear in the tape. It's very clear why. They don't have the dogs winning downfield in the boundary. They have DeMar, DeMar Douglas, a six-round draft pick for them, is probably their best weapon among the wide receivers. So they are shorthanded weapon-wise with Mac Jones. They have some solid tight ends. They've got Hunter Henry. They've got Mike Gesicki. They are a good duo right now at tight end for them. And that is going to be a concern. More on that later here. But, I, hey, this seems like a game where the Patriots are going to insist with the running game. And maybe they're going to take some shots downfield. Can they beat the Cowboys' defensive backs downfield? I'm going to say no. I'm going to say that the Cowboys have a slight edge there. And as long as the Cowboys are able to keep them from actually generating those explosives like the Cardinals did... This could end up be, being that comfortable game, that get-right game, but you got to avoid the explosive plays. And it sucks to, to make it seem so simple, but it comes down to fulfilling your assignments. Again, the Cowboys were not bidding versus the Cardinals because they were out physical. They were just not in the right place at the right time. They were not filling up their gaps, which is a concern, obviously, but it should be fixable. There were some personal grouping issues where you had Micah where he shouldn't be on a first and 10 and a second and 10. The same with LVE. Maybe with the, we see the Cowboys go to a more traditional defensive look instead of going with the wild, exotic stuff that Dan Quinn likes to put out. Maybe they're going to wait a little bit on that. Looking forward to seeing how it all goes. But one thing that I am a little bit concerned about, and I don't know how the Cowboys could really confront this part of things is the Patriots offense. I'm sticking with the offense here for a little bit. They like to go heavy. Last week, they used a ton of 13 personnel, three tight ends on the field. They have the sixth highest 13 personnel use rate in the NFL. Same for 12 personnel, and they've been pretty successful with it. I think that we saw a Cardinals team that maybe wanted to go a little bit heavy versus the Cowboys' defensive groupings where, when they had dime personnel, six defensive backs, with one of them being Marquise Bell at linebacker. And if we start seeing that, could they 
play old school football and generate some problems gap integrity wise for the Cowboys run defense. Yeah, it could happen. It just happened last Sunday. So that's going to be one of the things that I'm going to be looking at very closely. But again, offenses are going to try to make the Cowboys pay for their aggressive or aggression. So it's not only going to be in the running game. I would assume that we're going to see a lot of screen passes. Patriots are sixth in the NFL in terms of a screen pass use rate. They're at like 15 to 20%. So we're going to see a whole lot of that. The Cowboys are going to need to make some open field tackles. They're going to need to stay disciplined. And they're going to be forced to play good football. And that's what I mean by saying the Patriots are going to come into this one with a good game plan and good X's and O's. It's about the players, in my opinion, in this case. The Cowboys defense being much better than the Patriots offense who doesn't really have a legit number one wide receiver, or they don't really have that super good offensive line. They might be average at best. Now, the Patriots do get a healthy offensive line for the second time this year. That could be an issue because the Patriots, man, they, they've been on a similar boat to the Cowboys where they've been navigating offensive line injuries since last year. They have not seen the offensive line that they wanted to see all this time, just like the Cowboys. It's been a similar storyline for them in that particular sense. But now they get their second straight week with offensive line continuity. So maybe they're going to look a little bit more solid in that sense. And you know there is going to be misdirection. You know there's going to be a whole lot of things happening for the Patriots offense. And they're going to want to catch the Cowboys defense off guard. Can they bounce back? Now, let's say this. Cowboys defense, we were praising them for stopping Riz Hall and company a week ago. Now, the Jets were pretty one-dimensional, and the Patriots shouldn't be as one-dimensional. But Mac Jones and company, man, Mac Jones does not have a lot to work with, just straight up. They don't do a lot of play action, 30th in the NFL. That kind of surprised me a little bit in drop-back percentage. That's going to be... Maybe an issue for the Patriots offense, but maybe if they start using it at a very high rate on this game, could they catch the Cowboys off guard? Again, discipline, gap integrity, it's going to come down to fundamental football for the Cowboys for as long as the scoreboard is closed. Because if the Cowboys put up points on the board and go up, then it's let's get after Mac Jones and it could get ugly. Could absolutely get ugly because Mac Jones... Not the best QB under pressure, honestly. In SS, and that's a great QB no matter what is said about him. Everyone will see when he's holding that Lombardi trophies as in S in the Facebook chat. So some uh, daydreaming about winning the Super Bowl. I love it. I'm not going to hit on it. Parsons going to strip sick, says Cam. And yeah, hey, it's a good running back duo too. Rachmandri Stevenson. And Ezekiel Elliott, that's a physical running game that we're going to see. It's going to be fun to see Zeke back in Dallas, though. I'm, I'm going to say that. I know that I don't have any feelings against Zeke. Like, I, I know why some people would be like, hey, let's destroy Zeke. I'm like, the guy didn't want to leave. It was the Cowboys who released him. So, I don't know. I have mixed feelings about it. But I do want to see him be a big part of the Patriots game plan. He had his... Uh, season high rush attempts last week. He doubled what he had been doing in week 
one and two. So he's been getting more work. But Stevenson is 100% the guy in New England. He's 100% the guy, believe me. It's not like Elliot is going to bench him or anything like that. I do believe it's going to be Stevenson and Stevenson mainly. So let's see. Cam says, ran the ball damn, uh, too much. AJ says, Hunter Henry getting the first TD of the game. Hopefully not. Hopefully not. And hey, if the Cowboys win the coin toss, what do they do? That's going to be something to watch after what's been happening as of late. Justin says, if we put Micah at linebacker and we let DeMond and LBE get some pine motivation, this will shake up the defense positively, says Justin. Ah, I'm not, I'm not with you on that one. I'm going to say that. I don't hate the idea of, of, you know, the motivation and everything. I'm, I'm not there this time, though. Listen, Micah, Micah has zero coverage snaps three weeks into the season. That's a good thing. Zero coverage snaps. And let's look at what that looked like in maybe, say, 2022, all right? 2022, three weeks into the season, Micah Parsons had 18 coverage snaps. 2021, Micah Parsons had 29, uh, 32, 35 coverage snaps. And now he has zero. Micah has never been more of a defensive lineman than he is in 2023. I don't want to see him at linebacker, honestly. I want to see him do what he's elite at, and that is rushing the passer. Sure, move him around. Put him over the A-gap. Put him versus a guard. Move him around. Have fun with it. Put him as a wide nine. Whatever you want to do with Micah. But let it be play defense event, basically. And as much as you can, when it's run situations, on the edge, please. Don't, don't put him against the center or any guard because that's not going to look pretty. Versus pass pro, yeah, let's do that. In third and 10 and all that, let's have that fun. But there's a reason why Micah has zero coverage snaps in 2023, and that's because this time it's as real as it's ever been. Micah is a defensive end, guys. Defensive end, edge rusher, whatever you want to call it. He's not a he's not really a linebacker at this point. He's a weird defensive line that moves around. Defensive lineman that moves around. He's not playing in coverage anymore. Speaking of coverage, though, man oh man, matchup of the game. There's no other way to put it. It's CD Lamb versus Christian Gonzalez, the rookie. I'm assuming that we're gonna see a lot of it. Not entirely sure, because you can never be sure. But Christian Gonzalez has played the fifth most man coverage snaps in the NFL, and he's allowed the second lowest QB rating among rookies. He's the eighth best cornerback in pro football focus coverage grade. He has three passes defended. He is a surefire tackler, and that jumps out in the tape. I don't have the numbers on it, but the guy can make some open field tackles 100%. And Gonzalez has put together these numbers playing against, oh, you know, Garrett Wilson, Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle, A.J. Brown, Devonta Smith, 
Christian Gonzalez is absolutely legit. The one thing, though, is he's barely played on the inside. But he's far and away the best cor cornerback that the Patriots have. And some people assume that he's going to shadow City in this game. You don't see that a whole lot in the NFL these days. But Belichick would play around with that idea, I bet. And if he believes that is the best way to slow down the Cowboys, he's absolutely going to do it. I get the feeling that we're going to see a whole lot of Christian Gonzalez versus CeeDee Lamb. He is number six, by the way, for those of you who want to follow him when the game starts. CeeDee Lamb versus Christian Gonzalez should be a pretty fun one. CeeDee is coming from a little bit of an off game. I've said it. I've talked about it. A little bit of a down game attitude-wise. He gave up on that fade route. And there was another one that I talked about it on the show where he was kind of like not fighting through contact and instead calling for a flag. So it was twice in the same game. Can we see the killer version of C.D. Lamb? And if he gets the rookie in coverage, can we see him take him to school? Because he is a number one wide receiver in the NFL. He could do that probably. Uh, again, Christian did a good job even versus Tyreek Hill, so it's not a guarantee, but I don't want to see him get erased from the game. That would suck. It's a perfect opportunity for City to bounce back strong and get that confidence back. It was definitely, definitely an issue last week. But not only that, how can we see the Cowboys really scheme him open again? Just like it happened in week two, where he got 11 catches no Brandon Cooks on offense, and the Cowboys were still feeding him and feeding him. That happened versus a whole lot of zone coverage, though. And I don't know if Bill Belichick is going to change it up on this one, and he's going to be like, okay, if we play zone versus CD, he's going to destroy us. Let's put Christian on him, and let's survive this way. Now, if you are the Cowboys, you want to avoid Christian as much as possible. Did you just line him up in the slot for the entire game? Looking forward to seeing how this all plays out, but I don't want... I, and if City, let's say, let's put it this way, I don't want him to be eliminated from the game because it would mean that the Cowboys are not finding ways to fit him or he's not winning at all. But I also want to see if it comes down to that, what they do if, what do they do if City is not getting open and it's eliminated from the game? If Christian Gonzalez, say, plays a perfect game against CD, which again, I don't think it would happen. I don't think that hey, a rookie cornerback is going gonna, gonna to lose against CD. He should be losing against CD. And if not, honestly, respect. But I want to see how that whole thing plays out for CD Lamb. I agree with Bobby Kink. Gonzalez is good. He's not prime time, he's not Dion. Toxic Tom says, Mo, I remember when I was in the army, I had a sergeant who always said, you can't fight and argue at the same time. Not entirely sure what that means, though, in this context. Let me know. Oh, oh, is this about CD calling for the flag? I guess it's about that. It's got to be about that. Yeah, by the way, Toxic asked me earlier today if how often do I think about the Roman Empire? I know that this is a trend on Twitter right now. 
I'm 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 a basic guy, I guess, because I do think about the Roman Empire a whole lot. So I don't know what that means, but yeah, I do think about the Roman Empire pretty much on a daily basis. Marcus Aurelius, let's go. Here we go. Katharina says, Mo, we had one wired game. <clears throat> I think we'll bounce back. Hopefully, our offensive line will be back. And that's a big part of this game. How often, how healthy are the Cowboys offensively speaking? We'll see. Ultimately, what I want to see from this game is players winning in the red zone as well, winning their matchups. And I had some thoughts before we get out of here for the red zone offense. There are several things that I want to see. I want to see more of Dak Prescott's legs involved in the Cowboys offensive game when they get down to the goal line. I've felt for years that that is the biggest waste in the entire Cowboys offense is how they utilize Dak in that particular sense. Because you see a lot of plays, and there were some in this game versus the Cardinals, where you've got some pulling linemen and Dak is reading off the, the edge rusher. I don't know if he's really reading him, but he is handing the ball to Tony Pollard and then kind of like going through the motion as he was going to run, like it, as, it, as if it were a read option. Dak never keeps those. And he hasn't for a while now. There have been some exceptions, sure. But I don't know, man. I feel like I feel like this is a coaching staff call. I don't feel like Dak is making these reads on the field. I feel like this is the Cowboys telling Dak, hey, man, these are handed down plays. These are not read option plays. And I don't know if that's out of fear of Dak getting hurt. And, I mean, I guess I would understand it in a way. But I want to see the Cowboys use Dak Prescott's legs because having that plus one game in the red zone is absolutely a game changer. And the Cowboys could change the math on opposing defenses if they start using that a little bit more often, I believe. And it would open up so many more things. Because right now, if you are a defense and you're going up against the Cowboys, why would you worry about sticking with Dak? Why would you? There's no reason because Dak never, never keeps the football. And again, I don't think that's Dak misreading the plays or being afraid of running the football. I think it's a coaching staff call or something like that. That frustrates the heck out of me. I also want to see some other answers when they get one-on-one. I know that Mike McCarthy mentioned that he believes... McCarthy, I mean, uh, Brandon Cooks and C.D. Lamb and all of these guys are red zone mismatches. But I want to see how they can become that other than through go routes. Because we did see several, we, we saw three, at least three one-on-one looks in the red zone versus the Cardinals. One was Michael Gallup isolated. It was a go route. Dak Prescott threw it his way. That was the Defensive pass interference pickup play. There was another one with Brandon Cooks. He gets in one-on-one, throws it his way to go route. Brandon Cooks gets his hands on it. The fit are not in bounds. 50-50 play, cannot be mad about it. And then the city fade that we have talked about a lot, one-on-one situation, 
also running the go route, the fade. And I love fades, believe me. And especially when you've got a player like CD, I want to see him go up in the air, do his things where he twists his body in crazy ways and falls to the ground. And you kind of wonder how does he not get hurt when he does that. I want to see that. I'm not against that. But I also kind of want to see something different. And I wonder what that could be and if we're going to see anything like that in week four versus the New England Patriots and moving forward. Just get these players in one-on-one situations and maybe don't run a fade or a go route necessarily. I know it's kind of like one of the most common answers in football. Near the goal line, if one guy's to the backside, one-on-one, throw it his way. That's pretty common. But I want to see some other stuff as well. I want to see some other stuff as well. Maybe have them move to the slot motion-wise. Maybe play with the defense's leverage. Maybe more easy buttons near the goal line is what I want to see. And last but not least, and this is the most obvious one, but more aggression. There were like three different times in those five red zone drives that the Cowboys had where they were first and 10 at the 11-yard line running the football. Always running the football. And maybe on second and eight, they were going to throw the football, but it was kind of like a screen pass or a weird things that are not usual, aggressive plays on offense, putting the football in Dak Prescott's hands and trusting him to find his receivers near the end zone. I want to see more of that, period. Period. We'll see how it all goes. But I'm liking the Cowboys' chances. I will say that tomorrow night we can get into more matchups and we can get into the prediction and betting the Cowboys. We absolutely will do that. For now, thank you for joining me for another night. Thank you so much for being with me. And I'll see you on Thursday. Final show of the week. Prediction betting the Cowboys. We are 2-1 and one for the year. And actually, you know what? No, I'm, 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 I'm faking you out. I'm faking you out. I, I was going to say something else that I promised you at the beginning of the show. <laughs> I'm sorry about this. So really quickly, Cowboys signed Billy Price center to the practice squad. And I promised you guys that I was going to talk about it. Billy Price, a former first-round pick. What intrigues me more than the player is the Cowboys situation. They, <laughs> I'm sorry about that. I'm sorry for faking you out. Cowboys have Brock Hoffman in the practice squad, and he's out of elevations. So he cannot be elevated to the 53-man roster any longer because they've done it three times now. So either the Cowboys signed Hoffman to the 53-man roster and cut somebody, which is very complicated to do right now. And you know what? Some of you will not like this, but... Screw it. I'm going to show you my screen right now. I'm going to show you how I do things and how I keep track of everything with the Cowboys, man. The Cowboys have Brock Hoffman over here. Nah, this is way more confusing. The Cowboys have Brock Hoffman. Ran out of practice squad elevations. That's why he's in red. Now they're adding Billy Price. He's at zero elevations. And they also have Harlow. Harlow and Price are both centers. So the Cowboys are in this weird situation where they can either elevate Harlow or Price and have them be their backup centers for 
for the Cowboys on game day, or they sign, or they sign Hoffman to the fifty-three man roster. And it's kind of difficult to go about that call because the Cowboys only have eight offensive linemen in the on the fifty-three man roster, and. If you're not elevating one of those guys and you're not signing Hoffman, then who's your backup center? Because the guys that you're going to be carrying at full health, let's assume that they are at full health, the dog out Richards and Bass, none of them are really good options, maybe at center. But is it a good option to have somebody that hasn't been around for a training camp, etc.? as a backup center for Dak Prescott in an emergency situation. But Billy Price being added to the practice squad makes me feel a little bit like they might not sign Brock Hoffman to the roster. And that's a little bit weird, in my opinion. But, man, I'm looking forward to seeing how they do that. Anyways, thank you so much. Now, I'll be away. The mind of Mo and Excel cheat. Yeah, man, I love Excel. I do love Excel. I wonder why Prize was still available. Oh, he's had some issues in his career. He's had some injuries and stuff, I think, even since he was a prospect, no? We can look more into it. But yeah, he, yeah, as a rookie, right away missed like six games with a foot injury. Plus, he's starting center actually for the Cardinals briefly. Then it was with the Saints. So a little bit of everything. But yeah, Billy Price never lived up to the hype of being a first-round draft pick. Do me a favor and hit the like button for me. And I'll see you tomorrow night to predict the game and to bet the game and much more. Thank you so much. See you el día de mañana. Bye-bye.